Welcome to the Life by Design, Not Default podcast. I'm Paige. And I'm Elaine. And we want to talk about all things life, business, and beyond. This podcast is for anyone done with the mediocre and ready to design a life that is meaningful, impactful, and fun. And we want to know, how are you living your life by design? Welcome everyone to the Life by Design Not Default podcast. I am your co-host Elaine Terso, and I'm here with my business bestie Paige Angle. Hey, hey everyone! And we're here with a new friend. Her name is Cassie Christopher. Um, she is a registered dietitian, an emotional eating expert, and owner of Cassie Christopher Health Coaching. She has a master's degree in nutrition and specializes in helping women in midlife and beyond find the courage to trust themselves around food. She helps women stop the cycle of the all or nothing dieting that leads to numbing emotions with food so they can help develop a supportive relationship with food, their body, and their health so that they can eat with joy instead of eating to seek joy. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So, I was going to say, so, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. Okay. I'm really picky about the guests that we have on our show. I don't, because we don't support diet mentality. And Mm -hmm. uh, so you were chosen because you do not support diet mentality. And so I'm really glad we can have this conversation. Actually, one of my clients is an emotional eating psychology coach. And so I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Let's have this conversation because it's so important. It's so important. So could you give us a little maybe background about how you came to this, to this, you know, we all grow up with diet mentality. So what made you shift from going from diet mentality that we all grew up with to realizing that it's so much more than that? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, you know, for me, my story starts in the womb. Uh, (laughs) My mom tells stories of stopping at the convenience store on her way home, you know, nine months pregnant, barely get out of the car um, and, and buying one of those like ice cream drumsticks, you know, and, uh, and that was kind of the daily ritual uh, to help cope with, with life. And so that, that using food as a way to get through the day, you know, and, and uh, was something I grew up with. And, and then I got really interested in nutrition from the perspective of like how cool food is, how it can nourish our bodies, like really feeling in awe of food, ended up in grad school studying nutrition. And, you know, of course, what do you learn getting your master's of nutrition, but how to optimize eating, which generally involves following some sort of structured plan, which, you know, AKA a diet, right? So so I, I realized at that time that, well, I, I would say I didn't actually realize what I was doing, but the habit was I would go to the school cafeteria every day and buy a, a, a bar of artisanal dark chocolate because it was helping me feel better. You know, I was stressed out. I had this anxiety, this perfectionism. And, you know, like many people, 
uh, I ended up gaining weight and thinking like, oh, well, this isn't a good thing. Here I am in grad school studying nutrition and maybe had some shame around that as well uh, and ended up trying these diets I was learning about. And I, I ended up on this cycle and I know so many people can relate with this, uh, women I work with now, this cycle of all or nothing dieting where I felt like I had to eat perfectly or what's the point uh, of even trying. And I, or I would eat my cares away in a tub of guacamole and end up feeling physically uncomfortable and really bad about myself. And, you know, you talk about diet culture and I think the thing that can be so harmful, uh, one of many things that can be so harmful about that is the morality, how we, this diet culture and this all or nothing dieting attaches how well you're doing following your meal plan with whether you personally are good or bad, right? And when you attach that morality, then you come out with a lot of shame. You feel unworthy of love and connection with other people when you can't get your body to fit the ideal or you can't get your eating habits to fit the ideal. And this all or nothing dieting, you know, does nobody any favors because biologically it slows down our metabolism, right? Uh, You know, emotionally, we just tune out from how we're feeling from whether we're hungry or full because we're trying to follow this, this external cues of what the app is telling us or what have you. And so I ended up relying on the tubs of guacamole and the cupcakes and the chocolate bars even more to care for my feelings. Uh, and again, if anyone out there is going, oh my gosh, you're singing my tune. I want you to know like the reason emotional, we do the emotional eating is because it works. Oh my goodness. It works. It allows us to hold that beach ball of emotion underwater, you know, for, for longer. And so for me, it was, it was after years of practice, actually as a registered dietitian where I, it was just slowly started to dawn on me. I wish I could say I was just such a maverick and so smart from the start, but it slowly started to dawn on me that this all or nothing dieting wasn't working for me. I was on this roundabout and it wasn't working for my clients either. And so I had to go on my own healing journey with counselors and naturopaths and other dietitians. And I realized that the cycle of all or nothing dieting was leading me to stop trusting myself. I didn't trust myself around food anymore. I thought, you know, I can't be around the chocolate or I'm gonna, you know, eat all the chocolate. And when you're in that cycle, that may actually be true, but biologically. Um, We could definitely talk about that. But uh, for me, it was discovering that the problem here is that I'm not trusting myself. The dieting has disconnected me. And so learning the courage to trust myself again. And that's how I developed my courage to trust method, which helped me realize that food isn't the problem. And if you're out there struggling, neither are you. Uh, It gave me the courage to trust that I could hear and respond to the cues that my body was giving me instead of, you know, eating to numb or restricting for control and the courage to trust that I could mindfully indulge and consistently make nourishing choices. And lastly, that I'm worthy of care and love just as I am, you know, at the body I'm in. And even if, you know, I work with women now and they're like, I would like to lose some weight, this and that. Okay, fine. We could talk about it, but, but let's, let's establish 
that you are worthy of care and love just as you are right here, right now. Uh, and you know, food has no impact on that. And your body size has no impact on that. And that's what allowed me and has allowed, you know, all the women I've worked with since to create this supportive relationship. Well, like you said, with food, with body, with health, so that we can eat with joy instead of eating to seek joy. And, and that's what I'm just so excited about sharing. No, I love that. I love everything that you're saying because that worthiness piece, I think is really one of the missing links that everyone, not everyone, but lots of people tend to overlook, right? I, I know I've mentioned to Elaine before, there was, um, I was watching an interview with a business maverick. Uh, she is a female um, CEO of one of the top 100 companies in the U.S., and they said to her something about the fact that she does not look like the ideal corporate woman because she was a larger woman. And she said, you know, I could do two things. I could starve myself or I could find great fitting suits for my size, right? Like look great at my size and be healthy. And that was the choice that she made. And I just think that sometimes people, you know, even now more so now with this, you know, our social media culture and the Instagram models that we see on TV, our children are being inundated Children and young adults, I'm even going to put young adults in it as well, are being inundated with all of these visuals that are so completely unrealistic with all the filters that are on Instagram and, tick, you know, all the things. Uh, Cassie, what would you say to someone who is finally realizing that, yes, I, I think I might need some help with this. What kind of words of wisdom would you give to that person? Like, what would be their next step into um, becoming healthier? I love that. You know, the first thing that I always like to do is just validate, Hey, what you're feeling totally normal. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you say we're living in this culture, we're swimming in this water, uh, that is inundated with this thin ideal. Most of the women I work with, you know, may have been put on diets from a very young age and they've had decades of dieting and they've received these messages about their bodies from parents, partners, you know, social media, whatever. Uh, and then the other thing is I, I really like to normalize, and this was certainly my story, you know, straight A's 4.0 grad school student and very rigorous curriculum and not able to get the food thing figured out for myself. And that is so normal that these very capable, strong women um, are the ones who maybe are struggling in some ways the most, and they're confused by it. Like, and, and the message out there is that you just need more willpower. You just need more self-control. You should be able to do this on your own. There's something wrong with you. I'm, I want to, my, the visual in my mind is I want to like stamp those little fires out. I want to stomp on those, uh, those messages because they're, they're so incorrect. It's very normal for very strong, capable, resilient women to struggle with their food choices uh, and the impact that dieting has had on them. Uh, because in some ways, the very same things that make them strong and capable maybe make them more susceptible to this all or nothing thinking, uh, you know, all or nothing mindset that, that you need some help and that's okay. I needed help when I was in that spot. Like I said, I worked with other dietitians, therapists, naturopaths, right? Like it's okay to need help. And so I just, yeah, my response is, Hey, if you're struggling, you're not alone. It's okay. This is normal. And 
you may need to get help from someone else and that's okay and normal too. Yeah, definitely. When, um, one of the things that I way back in the day, um, way back in like 2018, 2019, I was really becoming really fascinated with trauma and how it was impacting, um, entrepreneurs, how it was impacting, you know, people in general, but especially entrepreneurs. And I really couldn't find anything besides the ACEs study, which, you know, um, just generally talked about how people are, people that have trauma are more susceptible to health issues, incarceration, addiction of all kinds. And it just is heartbreaking, you know? And so I did my own study because I couldn't find the information that I was looking for. And when I asked entrepreneurs what, what their number one coping mechanism was for trauma was food. 77% of people Um, marked yes, that food was their number one coping mechanism, you know? And so it's a tricky, tricky slope because we need food to fuel our bodies. We need food to survive, you know? And so it's so hard to distinguish eating for health and fuel and eating for coping or, you know, we use food for celebration, right? We celebrate with birthday cake and we celebrate, Hey, you got a promotion. Let's go out for drinks. You know, there's always everything we do is around food. And so it's so hard to, um, you know, not be in a place of overindulgence or, you know, eating because we're sad or eating because we're happy, right? I actually heard someone say, you can emotionally eat a salad. And I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) right? Like that's a thing. And so I'm curious, um, you know, what would you say to someone who is kind of in that they're recognizing that they have, that they have some trauma, that they're using food as, as a coping, they're hiding in the bathroom, eating M&Ms and you know, hiding from their kids, um, because they're, they're just so stressed out and they're like, I, where's the chips, right? Where's the M&Ms? Um, what's the first step that you think people need to take in order to, um, make a change, um, and say, this is not working for me anymore. Yeah. Oh, Elaine, I think you're my new best friend. Um, I I love everything about this question. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You know, all of that. Um, uh, yes, trauma, trauma makes eating really hard. And I would say most all of my clients suffer from a history of trauma, actually, whether they realize it or not. And and I want to just take a moment here because people out there may be going, well, this doesn't apply to me. I've never, you know, had this terrible thing happen to me. Uh, I was recently in a trauma informed uh, nutrition training and the speaker said something that Again, I was like, you're my new best friend. Thank you for saying this. Um, She said, chronic dieting can cause PTSD. And I have been Googling for these studies. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. I've been Googling for these studies and I have not seen the research around it, but uh, people in the field are recognizing, right? 
that uh, history of chronic dieting certainly can be experienced in the body like PTSD. And even if your trauma is not from, you know, uh, dieting specifically, it's from something else, it's entirely true that you may be reaching for food as a, a way to cope with some of the impacts of trauma. And so the first step is to recognize again, like I, I there's, there's, nothing more important that I can give you than to help people in this audience recognize that their struggle is not their fault, that they don't have some willpower problem, that they don't have some self-control problem, that there is not some character, you know, deficit or moral issue here. Uh, even recognizing that this history of trauma has wired your brain likely to be in this hyper aware state. You're always on the lookout, you're, you're dealing with this anxiety of looking for the shoe to drop, you know, and this shows up with my clients are saying, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good now. I finally feel in control around food, but like, what's next? When's this going to end? Is this all, you know, that those are trauma responses when we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. So what, what I'm trying to say is all of that, uh, not only can all or nothing dieting cause that reaction, but that reaction pushes you outside of what I call the zone of trust. And this is based on Dan Siegel's window of tolerance model, which is used in uh, trauma care all the time. But that zone of trust is that place that you can trust yourself around food, where you feel calm, you feel confident, you know, you can make the choices you want to make for yourself, and you feel in control of your emotions. And I ask people often, when was the last time you were in your zone of trust? For some of us, it was yesterday. For some of us, it's I'm in it right now. And for some of us, it was maybe never or 30 years ago, right? And all of those answers, perfectly valid and acceptable and normal. But what happens is, and when you're outside that zone of trust is when you're going to use food either in a way of maybe overeating or, you know, choosing the high fat, high sugar foods or high processed foods that may be less helpful for your health uh, to make yourself feel better. Cause again, it works or you're going to go the other way and you're going to restrict and you're going to get rigid and you're going to have food police. And sometimes it's both at once. Someone's sitting there and they're eating, you know, the whatever and the food police is in their mind, right? Telling them about how terrible and dumb and what a loser they are. Uh, and, you know, it's like both at once and it's so not fair, but that's what it can look like. And that's what it looks like to be outside your zone of trust. And, and that certainly can be in response to trauma, even if you're not aware of what that trauma might be, or you didn't realize that dieting has been traumatic for you. And so the best step I can give people, honestly, is just to realize, hey, nothing's wrong with you. A, a diet culture has sold you this bill of goods that you are defective. And that's why you don't look like this after photo, or that's why um, my favorite meme in the world is this, uh, this uh, stock image of all of these very skinny, you know, white Eastern European women uh, laughing at their salads, like taking a bite and just, <laughs> and you know, the caption is salad, you're so funny. And <laughs> it's just my favorite, uh, my favorite meme in the whole world. But it, the, the, the point of it is, right, like if you aren't that person, there's nothing wrong with you. And, and that's, I think, the best gift I can really give here. Yeah, I love that. I think that, you know, Elaine works with a lot of her clients on confidence issues. Um, and 
when it comes to food and eating, I mean, I, I feel like that's one of the pillars, right? That helps people build their confidence. Um, and so having help and assistance um, is important. And it's important with the type of work that you do, Cassie. Like I um, personally, at this moment in my life, at this time in, in my age, right? I don't feel that I have um, an issue with emotional eating. However, I do, I've been having this medical crisis and um, a lot of it stems from what I'm putting into my body. So having resources like yourself and other nutritionists help us solve these types of issues for us to be in a better position, for us to be healthier, I think is fantastic. I mean, I'm working with one, um, you know, with some food uh, intolerance issues. I would have never known to even look for that had I not, you know what I mean? If people like you weren't doing the work that you do. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the, the types of folks that you can help out. Yeah, thank you for asking. And, and I, I agree. Um, as a registered dietitian, I, I can do medical nutritional therapy, which is, you know, where you have a disease you're concerned about, or you have a disease that you have, and we can work to optimize your diet and lifestyle to prevent or, you know, nutritionally treat uh, whatever is, is going on. And, and that can be such an amazing tool and, and study after study shows, you know, how effective that sort of uh, intervention can be. Who, who do I help? Um, I primarily work with women in midlife and beyond who have been dieting their whole life. And they're at a place now, you know, often very successful women, like I say, who, uh, you know, there maybe business is going great. Maybe they're retired from business. They're, you know, mavens of industry. And they realize that they have been using food uh, to care for their emotions throughout their life and that the all or nothing dieting has only made it worse. And so what I do with these women is we work to redevelop, re really cultivate that courage to trust within them. And we need to do some healing of their physiology. We need to do some healing of, you know, their mindset so that they can trust themselves. And uh, I do that by focusing on calming the nervous system, you know, talking about trauma and how it really uh, gets the nervous system activated. And uh, research shows again and again, that more of the stress hormone cortisol, more fight or flight is going to push you outside that zone of trust I mentioned and, and cause you to reach for these maybe less uh, supportive foods. Uh, then I work on self-compassion with people. That's the second pillar of the courage to trust method, because when you can be kind to yourself, instead of beating yourself up for, you know, the choice that you may have made, it's going to be so much easier to get back on track rather than spend days or weeks struggling with, you know, your past choices. And then the third piece is listening to yourself. And this is really the interesting work. And I imagine it intersects with, you know, the confidence work you're doing, Elaine, where you need to recognize what it is your body is wanting, what it is you're feeling and how to care for those feelings, um, whether that be self-doubt in the confidence space or whether that be, you know, loneliness or boredom. Uh, how do we care for these things without eating in, in more productive ways? And then uh, that, that really gets people back on track to caring for their 
nervous system and trusting themselves around food so that women come to me and they can say, go to a buffet. And instead of having anxiety, instead of looking around at other people's plates of food and going, oh, what are they getting? I don't want, you know, to get too much, like all that comparison game, they can confidently go to the buffet, get the food they want. Maybe it's a little bit of everything. Maybe it's, you know, whatever, right? Whatever's calling to them. And they can feel confident that they are going to make healthy choices there. They're going to enjoy themselves and not have all that anxiety and mental chatter, uh, and obsessing with food in their body ruin the experience. And, and that's really the takeaway here is that this issue can affect your quality of life. It can affect your happiness. It can give you anxiety. It can, it can cause, you know, it can tie into depression and, and you can get help. Help is available. Yeah, that's awesome. So one of the questions that we always ask our guests is, you know, we're very much about being intentional. Um, how have you created a life by design and not default? I love, I love this question. Um, you know, for me, I think it's really important to be surrounded by people who are go in the direction you want to go. Right. And you know, what is that? Uh, I don't know that I agree with the quote, but it comes to mind the, like, you're the average of your five closest friends or something, <laughs> and, you know, some of that's kind of not true, but also right. There's something there. And so for me, how have I built a life by design and not default? You know, I have intentionally sought out people who are doing things similar to me um, and, you know, I, I keep in contact with them and I collaborate with them and that's helpful because, um, it, uh, I would say the space I'm in is actually fairly lonely, uh, because I'm, I'm a bit of a middle ground. I'm not an all or nothing girl. And in this space, there's the heavy, you know, kind of diet culture people and, and heavy, meaning they're really into it, not like size. So that's the wrong uh, adjective to use. Um, but people who are very far into the diet culture and, you know, believe everyone needs to be teeny in order to be healthy. And then there's the people, you know, in the very far other side of things who maybe work in eating disorders and, and believe that you should, you know, always love yourself and never, uh, ever struggle with that. And, you know, like there's kind of some unrealism there at times as well. And so, I've built this life by design by surrounding myself with people who uh, are in this anti all or nothing, you know, being really intentional about the, the company I keep. And uh, yeah, that would be my answer. And, and that's been really helpful for me because, you know, when you're doing something that other people think is maybe, um, you know, have opinions against, we need that community. Yeah, it's important that you that you have that community, but I think you're pointing out a really, really good position, Cassie, that it's important to make sure that you're authentic and that what you are sharing with the world is in alignment with what you believe, right? And not just going with everybody else just because it's a cool thing to do, but going with things that are in alignment and that feel right for you and that you want to share with others, right? Like knowing what your truth is. Thank you. Yeah, I that's that reflection hits way closer to home than you could ever realize. <laughs> yeah. no, I know. Authenticity yeah. is hard. It's hard sometimes. Yeah, it's very hard sometimes. And it's hard sometimes to, to be okay 
with standing in your own authentic self, even if people that you love or, you know, friends, family, even if they don't agree with you, you know, sticking to your guns and, and sticking up for yourself and, and your person is, is very, very important. I think that, that that also leads to that confidence piece, right? Like you're saying, if you're standing at a buffet and everybody else has all this stuff and you, you know what I mean? You have now the tools, right? From working with people like you um, to be able to confidently say, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'll admit um, part of my issue was I was a pepper. I love Dr. Pepper, literally to the point where when I was pregnant with my son a long time ago, he just turned 13, my husband scoured three states and found me uh, no caffeine, no sugar, Dr. Pepper, right? Because I was like, I still need to have my pepper. And now that I've had this medical crisis, we are officially divorced, right? I, I, I just can't. He's not even my boyfriend anymore. He's not my lover. We're officially divorced. Um, but I have the confidence to say that now. Had you asked me that question a year ago, I couldn't say that, right? I couldn't confidently say that. Even now when people are just like, oh, do you just want to sip? I'm like, yeah, no, no, thanks. You know, and it's, it's those types of events you don't always want it to be an anvil falling in your head type of event, right? In order for you to, to be able to do that. But when it comes to emotional eating or even some time eating disorders, you gotta make sure that you get the help that you need. Sometimes you just can't do it alone. And I think that that's what's important. You know, like you said, a lot of your clients are high achieving, very smart, 4.0, me, Ivy League school education, but I still need that help in order to be able to, to make this work. And I think it's so important, the work that you're doing. Um, and I think that people really need to, to think about where are some areas that they can use help. I know Elaine and I are always saying that we have coaches. You should have a coach too, right? In all aspects of your life. Love that. And you know, what I want to pull out from there is uh, the difference between setting a boundary for yourself out of self-love and self-care and feeling restricted and feeling deprived and, and depriving yourself. And what I'm hearing is that now you have this relationship with your body and with Dr. Pepper such that you can set a boundary and not feel deprived. And so often people are like, how do I do that? You know, because when you feel deprived, you get into forbidden food syndrome, you actually get more dopamine, you feel more motivated to go after the food. So that, that nuance there is unbelievably important for caring for yourself well and not having it backfire. And, you know, I, I just appreciate that example, because I think there's so many people out there who have the Dr. Pepper in their life, that they know that they, they would be, you know, well to find a way to live without. Uh, but that's, that's hard. And it takes some work to get to the place where you are setting a boundary and not depriving yourself. You are so right. It does definitely take work, but my whole point is it takes work with the right help, with the right assistance from the right professionals um, to be able to help you shift that mindset into, you know, being healthier and, you know, doing better about yourself. 
So, oh, so good. I'm like, we could talk about this forever. All right. So one of the other questions that we always ask is, what is the motto that you live by? So my motto stays the same. Elaine's actually changed depending on what she, what season she's in, what project she's working on, um, and she has multiple mottos. So I'll share mine first. The We'd love to hear from you, Cassie, and then we'll hear what Elaine's working with this week. So my motto is, I deserve to be here. I've had a lot of successes, a few hiccups and challenges, but I'm right where I need to be, right in the universe right now, and everything's cool. I deserve to be here. So Cassie, would you mind sharing with us what your motto is? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier self-compassion. And my motto comes from the self-compassion movement and uh, it, that is, may I be kind. And I will often put my hand on my chest and close my eyes and just remind myself, may I be kind when those mental gremlins come in uh, and tell me that I'm not enough or I'm too much or I'm wrong in some way. Uh, this has been so helpful for me to keep going in forward momentum uh, and, and yeah, man, isn't life so much sweeter when you're kind to yourself? Oh my goodness. I love that. Kind to yourself and kind to others, right? I think we all try to make, one of my big goals with my son is trying to make sure that he grows up as a kind person. So thank you for sharing that, Cassie. And Elaine, what are you working with this week? I know you Girl, just had a challenge I'm, earlier I out, today. I pulled out my badass affirmation cards, all my body positivity ones. Um, the dogs are wrestling, so sorry for the barking. Um, okay, so here we go. I'm going to read all my all the good ones here. So here we go. I can have fat, be fat, and still be fucking magnificent. My body doesn't fucking define me. I do have a beach body. I put on a fucking bathing suit, and there it is. There it is. I don't need to change my body. I just need to change my fucking mindset. Oop, oop. <laughs> I am more than a, than a fucking before and after photo. Loving my body is so easy. I just look down and say, hey, body, I fucking love you. <laughs> and my body doesn't have to be perfect to be fucking awesome. Those are my, those are the badass affirmations that we're working with today regarding this conversation, because I think it's so important that it's, it's not about what your body looks like. It's about how you feel, you know, mm -hmm. inside. And, um, I'm really, you know, glad that we could have, have you come on and talk about this topic today, because it's so, so, so important. And, you know, people are not Googling emotional eating. They don't really know that that's really what's going on, right? All they know is I'm sad and I've gained a lot of weight and I must be, I must eat another diet. And, you know, unfortunately with that, with the, with the diet roller coaster, it's, it's what they know and it's what they think they need. And then they wonder why it's not working is because they were set up to fail you in the first place. Yeah. So, um, Cassie, where can people find you? Oh my gosh, Elaine. Um, you're right. People are not Googling emotional eating. First of all, yep. <laughs> isn't that a business lesson I've learned along the way? If only you could have told me that two years ago. Uh, but uh, yes. So if you want to learn more, you can learn all about my courage to trust method and how I help people at CassieChristopher.net. And I would love for you to go to CassieChristopher.net forward slash free 
or, you know, this link is all over my website as well. And you can download my roadmap. It's called you're done dieting, but you still want to heal emotional eating. And that is for someone who has gone, whose ears have perked up during this conversation and has resonated with a few things. Even if you're not sure you're an emotional eater to Elaine's point, I recommend you go take a look at that and I will help you figure out if emotional eating is what's going on and how you can solve it if that's true. And I absolutely love uh, connecting with people. I love helping you figure out if, you know, emotional eating is what's going on for you. So when you sign up for that roadmap, hit reply to one of my emails and let's have a conversation. Um, because this is, if you can't tell, this is my jam. <laughs> this is what I like to talk about. Oh, we can tell. And we're so happy that you spent some time with us today, Cassie. Uh, Everybody, uh, this is such an important topic, not only for your personal life, but also your business life. Uh, your health matters to running your business and working uh, in your community and doing the good that you do in your community. So please, please, please take Cassie up on her offer to grab that free download um, to get the roadmap to get started or to even ask more probing questions um, about what you're doing to your path to healthy eating. So thank you so much, Cassie. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to uh, join us today. Like I said, I'm really picky about anybody who's like, want to talk, come and talk about health and wellness. If you're coming to talk about dieting, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, no, no need for shame. Keep it out, keep it out. I love that. Exactly, we, we ain't got, no, like we don't, we ain't got time for that. We ain't no. got time for that. Yeah, so. Um, thank you so much again, and I hope that um, our listeners found some value in our conversation today. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Take care.